Take my hand and let's fly away to another galaxy. Hold me close, I want to feel your love. Together we are free. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Spoiler Warning Podcast. This is review number 735 with a review of The Guardians of the Galaxy, Volume 3. I'm Christopher Schnazy. And I'm Stephen Miller. And if you're joining us for the first time, the Spoiler Warning Podcast is a weekly film review program. Each week in the show, we're going to dive in, debate, discuss, and argue over the latest films coming to a theater near you. This week, we've returned. There's another Marvel film out. We're talking Guardians of the Galaxy. Stephen... What have your thoughts been on the Guardians as it uh, stands with within this MCU um, so far before going to the theaters to see this one? Are we including the Owls of Gahul or or <laughs> not them? I'll, I'll stick it just to the Galaxy ones. Yeah, yeah. Um, that that that's a DC, <laughs> that's a DC Zack Snyder stuff. Hey, Gun is DC now, so all these things are are combining. That um, is true. That is true. <laughs> Anyway, yeah, so I'm not going back and reading my review, so I hope I am internally consistent over the course of the nine years since the first one came out. Um, but I remember really, really liking the original Guardians of the Galaxy when it came out. I think up until that time, Marvel movies had been fun, but they had kind of been fun in a very samey way. You know, they they all were like, we're going to have the superhero, they're going to rise and fight the bad guy, and it is going to be playful in the kind of you know, wink at the camera type of playfulness that Joss Whedon brought to everything. But that it was kind of one note. And I remember when Guardians of the Galaxy hit, it just was like the rules had been blown up. The soundtrack was more fun. The characters were silly, but the violence was more heightened. So it had this kind of interesting combination that just made it really, really enjoyable. And yeah, I think at the time it was one of my favorite Marvel movies that had come out so far. So I was a big fan of that. Um, Volume 2... I watched it. I watched it on a plane. I watched it on a plane in the tiny little plane screen, you know, like actually it was just playing on an airplane and I barely remember it at all. I know dad is a planet spoilers for volume two. I think I'm allowed to spoil it. Yeah, um, we could spoil everything Kurt up Russell. till now. <laughs> I, re I remember that and very little else about what happened in that movie. To me, it was very unmemorable. And I often rate, plane movies in my top 10 of the year because I'm a weepy little, you know, sad man on the plane. So <laughs> I do think volume two was just more forgettable than other Marvel installments. Um, but overall, I still enjoy Guardians of the Galaxy. But fast forward to now, when I knew a third one was coming out, I wasn't excited at all. Like James Gunn is moving to DC already. So I didn't feel like I was watching a guy who's sticking around. Um, I feel like the shine on Chris Pratt has worn out a lot <laughs> since then. I do not think the Jurassic world movies have done him any favors. Um, and just in general, I don't know the idea of like Marvel has been in this kind of tailspin of meh movies for a while. And to me, the, the whole shtick of Guardians of the Galaxy was going to feel like Thor Love and Thunder again. Like, I was, I was not really looking forward to the extra zany, extra playful version of Marvel. So, loved the first movie, was fine with the second, but for whatever reason, was really not looking forward to this one. Okay. Yeah, I, I think in general, just the Guardians themselves, you know, I wasn't familiar with them before they entered the MCU and became a part of it. And they've always sort of just been... You know, they're, they're also like a big team up thing, you know, like their own, like a little mini Avengers. Um, but they're also a bunch of, they, they kind of are just normal people. I mean, I know they're not normal because 
you know, one of them is a raccoon, one of them is a plant, a, you know, there's a bunch of like weird stuff going on, but it's sort of just like a more playful, more zany kind of fun experience. I think that, you know, I like the idea of them. I would love, you know, they, they work their way into the MCU more broadly, but I think I would love just the space thievery happening sort of situation. Like, I don't need there to be an actual big bag. I just like to watch space heists. Um, but I, I think overall, I like the camaraderie between the group and I like kind of what's going on with them. Um, so I, I definitely wasn't unexcited for this film. I just, I just kind of like, oh yeah, this seems kind of fun. I'm ready to watch another of these. Um, while you were talking, I kind of l- looked up the reviews, um, took a few times because the search is super broken on our website. Um, but mm-hmm. it, it looked like I was must see for the first one and then recommended with a caveat for the second one. Um, so mm. yeah, I mean, in my head, I feel like I remember the guardians fondly. I didn't do anything to try to catch back up. I did not watch the holiday special before this film. I kind of just went into this thing pretty fresh and, uh, yeah, we're, we're, we're going to get into it in a little bit. What, what we thought, but yeah, I, I I'm, I'm pro the idea of the Guardians. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. I, I guess what I've been challenging myself with is what is, and we can just get into it in the review too, what is the idea of the Guardians? Because in my head, it was a needle drops, huge thing in the franchise, you know, having the song at the right moment. Um, or, or the wrong moment. We don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. Um a playfulness that is different from the kind of Shane Black or Joss Whedon playfulness, but I can't put my finger on what it is. It's like a, you know it when you see it, but it—I don't know—it's harder to describe because more people die in Guardians movies than in other Marvel movies, like by a substantial <laughs> quantity. And so when I think of it as being silly, it isn't like quippy or joking at itself. It's more like um, heightened in a way that the other ones aren't heightened, I guess. Yeah, that's definitely true. Um, the death count of, <laughs> of these films is pretty gnarly, but you know, it's it's just it's just weird aliens that are dying, right? It's fine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh man! All right, so you want to get into it, Stephen? Yep, let's do it. All right, let's take a listen to the trailer for Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three, and then come back and give everybody a review. I'm gonna tell you something. I'm Star Lord. I formed the Guardians, met a girl, fell in love, and that girl died. But then she came back. Came back a total dick. Oh, please. He left out some important information, but that is the gist of it. My sacred mission is to create the perfect society. He didn't want to make things perfect. He just hated things the way they are. I want you all to know that I am grateful to fight beside my friends. Incinerate them. (laughs) We're all 
always searching for a family. Until we found each other. Are you ready? For one last ride? fly away together into the forever and beautiful sky whoever it was that you were in love with it sounds more like her her do not bring me into this (laughs) knock it off what I never noticed how black your eyes were. They were replaced by my father as a method of torture. He he picked a pretty set. All right, that was the trailer for Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three. Um, you know, basically our our our, our group of of people are back together, um, but there is a baddie who is hunting one of them, and the team has to sort of rally together and try to, uh, you know, save their buds. Stephen Miller, what did you think of Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3? So as I teed up in the earlier part, I was like actively not looking forward to this movie. <laughs> um, I just, I don't know, felt Marvel fatigue, did not think it could be good, seemed like the component pieces were just not what I would want out of a Marvel movie. And I was totally wrong. I, I had a great time with this movie. <laughs> um, I don't know if the bar has just been kind of set too low from all this bloated world building that Marvel's been doing for the last few years or what. And maybe I was just like happy to see a real self-contained story that didn't need to be anything more than a story. But I had a fantastic time <laughs> watching this movie. I I had good laughs. Um, I had a lot of heartstring tugging moments. Uh, there are action sequences that needle drop started and i rolled my eyes and then 10 seconds into the needle drop i was like fuck yeah i'm totally <laughs> enjoying this <laughs> um that that one involves brooklyn and one sleeping um <laughs> all of it yeah you don't want to spoil the songs for anyone so you know it could be any anything um, yep yep but yeah like the thing the thing is i was trying to figure out what is it that makes me enjoy this in a way that i did not vibe with say thor love and thunder and i think it's that james gunn he knows that you can do every trope like this movie is a billion tropes basically like the entire backstory of rocket like you could you could call it from the first time you see him like what kind of shit is going to happen how it's going to make you feel um it is clearly toying, like manipulating you in the sense that it is like going for the obvious things. Um, the bad guy is very obvious. The mission that they need to accomplish is obvious. You never worry that much about it. But it doesn't matter that it's going through all this tropes because it takes it seriously. It's like James Gunn knows that I don't need to wink and tell you that this is stupid for you to know that you're watching a comic book movie. Like I can just have fun and crank it to 11 and I will trust you to have fun and know that it is like heightened. You know, I, I can kill things in this movie <laughs> like aliens or whatever. <laughs> and you will laugh when I tell you to laugh and you will think it has weight when I tell you it has weight. And we're all going to just suspend disbelief and go into this together, enjoying the heavily cartoonish nature of the stories that we're telling. And for me, that worked perfectly. Like I, 
I felt a little teary-eyed at parts in the backstory that I knew was going to manipulate me <laughs> into feeling teary-eyed. I like wanted to say hoorah during a fight sequence, even though I knew there were no stakes there. It just, I just had fun. I like, it feels like it was filmed in an actual world. I'm sure the volume is heavily used here, but it feels way more tactile than the last many Marvel movies that I've seen. Um, I like the the different worlds, the different look and feel. I like the kind of semi-backstory we get over some of the creatures that we've seen before that look like weird riffs off of animals or other things that we've seen back on Earth. Um, I just, I enjoyed so much of what this movie was doing and I thought it didn't wear out its welcome. It knew we just wanted a fucking Marvel movie and it gave us a Marvel movie that just had me grinning the whole time. So I'm a fan. I think... Shang-Chi and maybe even Wakanda Forever had some moments that I think hit higher heights than this movie. But as a complete movie, I think this is the best Marvel has been since Endgame. Like, I, I don't... This is the first time it hasn't let me down in the third act or done something that made me be like, you had to fucking Marvel it up and make it be, like, <laughs> blue or connected universes. I just... I like the purity of this just being, like, grab a big bowl of popcorn and enjoy a complete story arc. And I just had fun. And I, I wish they would do this more in the MCU. You know, for the most part, I, I totally agree with you. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm going to talk about, I'm, I'm going to do what I, the opposite of what I do. I'm going to talk about the positive things later. And I'm going to say a few mm -hmm. just like quick negative things to get them out of the way. Um, one thing that kind of weirds me out about this film is, you know, like you've already talked about how, you know, it escapes sort of needing to be bar part of this broader Marvel universe. And it kind of has, this, oh, it's a simplified, isolated big bad who's really only a big bad to, I mean, you could argue more people, but for the most part, it's kind of like no one really knows this is going on if you really think about right. it. And it's really just these people that care about it. And yeah, if, if a civilization is wiped out in a forest and no one hears. <laughs> no one's around to hear them scream. Um, <laughs> but like, you know, it's not a universe ending sort of thing yeah. where it's like, oh, this big bad is trying to destroy the entire universe. He may inadvertently destroy a lot of stuff, but but you know it, it, it's it's sort of a simplified story. But the one thing that still kind of bugs me is why they gotta treat the villain like he's a big bad, even though he's a baby bad. Like mm. if you think about it, if if you think about him and Kang, <laughs> right? Mm -hmm. They're both guys who wear a blue suit and they sort of control gravity. I'm in yeah, very it, similar. <laughs> And if you want to defeat them, all you really got to do is take the suit out and then maybe you could just fight them normally. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like it felt very strange to have this character be so much like Kang mm -hmm. that he just doesn't have a bunch of alternate copies of himself, I guess. Mm -hmm. So it, it was kind of weird to see that be sort of this trope. It's like, you know, instead of the blue laser beam in the sky, it's it's guy that controls gravity. <laughs> with a suit yeah. and that kind of something about that kind of annoyed me i'm fine with like the idea behind that character and what he's trying to do and how that connects to like rocket's backstory and all that kind of stuff but i just it something weirded me out about that because i really hate when you introduce a character and he just seems way too op but then it just mm -hmm. turns out that like oh and you know maybe this is an easter egg and like kang actually got the suit from this guy and that's supposed to be some yeah, like... <laughs> like when you mention it to me it seems so similar i feel like they might be planning some connective tissue yeah. 
Maybe, maybe, but maybe I'm just like, I don't know enough backstory to like know that like, duh, not only is it the same, but it's literally the same. I can't believe you didn't notice this is the... (laughs) I just did a quick Wikipedia search and I don't think it's canonical that they are connected in any way, but that doesn't mean the MCU won't find a way to make it. They're not (laughs) connected. Yeah. I mean, I don't even know if we are getting Kang Dynasty. The whole future of Marvel is very unclear right now. True, true, true. But, you know, like, like, if I can get past that, which I did, I was pretty easily able to get past that. I, I, I did kind of enjoy this film a lot. You know, it, it's it's weird that a film about a group of characters that I don't really have that much of a connection to or fondness to, but I still buy the nostalgia of how long these people have been together. Like, by the end of this film, I, I was like, did I just live a fucking lifetime with these people? Like, it yeah. felt like I had gone on this tremendous journey. And I know that this is the third film, and they've appeared in other films, and they've sort of always been there, and they have been through a lot. But I felt like they have been through a lot without the rest of the MCU, and I was there mm-hmm. the whole time. Even though, like, when I got into this movie, like, I knew Dad Planet type stuff, and I knew... <laughs> knew whatever yeah but i wasn't really thinking like i didn't i didn't bother to go back and recheck in you know we saw it at the alamo so i i saw the little clips of like here's the entire story according to this character like clips but i was also doing other I, things i missed at the time. all of that and i could have used it it would have helped me in a few places <laughs> yeah it, it might have helped but but i think that in general this is a film that really brings you in you get to have these these characters who are they're all sort of silly caricatures but they're also serious and grounded and they have emotional heart behind what they're going through um they they have this sense of like having been together forever and they have like inside jokes with each other and just this is a fun thing to to play in and just you know the audience that i was with you know they were laughing at the parts that they should be laughing at and stuff but it wasn't like like a like a you know rip roar and riot or whatever but it was still like a lot of people seem to be vibing with this film and i think that's kind of what this film is it's just it's just a nice vibe it's kind of like hey you're friends with all these people let's watch them all go through go through stuff as you said all of the beats are it's it's not even like telegraphing it's just written on the wall <laughs> like you know exactly yeah. all the beats right that like earlier you were hinting at some things that happened and in my head i was thinking of the lines that i could just mouth as characters <laughs> were saying them but at the same time still those emotional beats hit you it's like i know exactly where this is going and then it happens and then i go yep yep i really hope they don't bring the check right now i'm not i'm not yeah. almost crying <laughs> everything's totally like fine the thing, the thing is i i think i think what i want from a marvel movie has changed the more bloated the franchise has gotten because you know at the beginning of marvel i like i thought it was fun but when i thought of like nolan movies i was like those are the real superhero movies they found a way to be dark and serious and for a while like winter soldier or whatever it was like yeah these are going to be like the paranoia trilogy type these are going to be like (laughs) big and weighty and they're going to think through stuff and now i'm just like you guys you can't do that you can't handle serious like it's too goofy the universe's rules are too ridiculous you've like you've blown up the stakes so much that i can't possibly handle an actual serious belief in you so what i need you to do is just be ridiculous and play with a straight face and like that that works for me so like hitting all the tropes 
having dialogue that is predictable, like, yeah, it's a comic book. That's what I want. I want predictable dialogue. And I don't, maybe 10 years ago, if this movie came out, I would have hated it. <laughs> um, but now I'm just like so thankful for the predictable superhero movie that knows what it is and isn't afraid to just be that instead. Um, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Even the, you know, the Sid's, Toy Story group of characters that we meet, and all of the um, very, you know, hackneyed dialogue and stuff that happens there. I was like, I know what you're doing, and I'm going to get Kleenex ready for it. <laughs> <laughs> Linda Cardellini, come at me. Break my heart. Yeah, I, I, I think that because everything in this universe is so silly, it allows for you to not get bogged down by the actual on paper what the fuck am i watching and you just kind of get to enjoy it moment to moment and then when those emotional mm. beats hit they're not contingent on you knowing that a character has to like i i, I can't even think of something but, but it's like you know we need to go you know like end game stuff right like we need to go like through time and try to stop these things from happening like it, it's not there's nothing that you can try to worry about it's just like no we're going to go to this place we're going to bypass a few shields. Then we're going to go in there and, you know, we'll just fuck some shit up and it'll be cool. It'll, it'll be totally fine. And you're just like, yeah, I want to watch this like sort of heist movie that you know is going to go wrong because this group is so dysfunctional that they won't be able to execute on just a plan. So then they're going to have to improvise. and They're going to have fun. Um, but also some of the like the, the the creatures and stuff in this world are fucking terrifying. Like, yeah, it, I mean, even in a way like the, the the things you were talking about, like Sid's toy creatures those are still kind of terrifying even though they're also supposed to be cute and childlike but some of like the weird like there's like a war hog and, <laughs> and yeah, like a weird eagle creature <laughs> i want to say that's played by judy greer <laughs> i think i think it is all right well i mean like some of the stuff in this is just fucking rad and i like i like just bouncing around to random planets and i think i'm not gonna get old of going to a weird place like when we went into the quantum realm and it was like let's have a bunch of characters from weird other places but all hanging out here in this like weird land of nothingness like that didn't work in the same way as here you know this film starting with them having built this whole like city to to like have all these people living in and then what happens when like you know uh, a certain person comes just crashing into that place like the you don't have to set up stakes for me because i believe at any moment any character could die because none of them are really that good <laughs> yeah anything they do so it's like everybody is just on the table on the chopping block it feels like right like mm -hmm. like other films you're like all right they can't kill anyone here and in this film you're like they could literally kill every one of these motherfuckers. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. A lot of these movies have the thing where it's like um, you see one character that is incredibly difficult to beat. And then all of a sudden there's a room with 20 or 30 of them. And you're like, oh, how are they going to do this? This movie, you never feel that first second. You're like, yeah, this is a pretty fair fight. I, I believe this. <laughs> but yeah, it's 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 fun. And I, I think that's what, what you... That's what you want from a film like this. It's just something that's going to be weird and fun and you watching a bunch of friends hanging out and going on this adventure. It's got dope spaceships that just, it looks cool. Like there's something yeah. way cooler about weird, colorful ships in space flying around than if you, than a bunch of weird, colorful people hanging out inside of a, a quantum realm. Um, yeah, definitely. 
Well, and, and this, like, it has more, I mean, you were talking about war pig and all the strange and kind of scary creatures. And it's just like they had fun with the character design in in this movie in a way that reminds me, nowhere near as good, obviously, but it reminds me of Star Wars in, like, you go to a planet, there are all these weird creatures that look like puppets, but you have to take them seriously because they exist there and they're terrifying. Yeah. And this... The whole franchise, Guardians, just, like, knows how to do that and make it fun and interesting and very, very from place to place in a way that doesn't get old. Um, and I really like it. And I don't know what it is about that that separates it from quantum goop so much, but it really feels different to me. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and like uh, lastly, I'll just say that uh, some of the action is genuinely, like, dope. Like, there's a really... Yeah good but i mean there's a bunch of shots in the trailer too that are just like really epic uh uh uh, fight moments and you're like that's pretty fucking cool i like that (laughs) yeah oh yeah i mean the the hallway fight that i alluded to before the longer it went on the more i was like james you got it you did it (laughs) you got me i did not want to like this sequence at all and you're just like it's so cool (laughs) he just nails it um even though, again, the ethics, and I, I think this is kind of a story of the Guardians overall, they are characters who constantly say, like, that's not who we are. We don't kill people, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Chris Pratt says it multiple times to one character in particular here as a counterpoint of how the Guardians do things. And then without fail, within 10 minutes, they will just, like, murder a group <laughs> of people. <laughs> But to it, be fair, we I, somehow believe like they're doing it in a good way this time. <laughs> I, so I think that they, and I don't know why I think this, but I'm. I, you think I, they're stun guns? Because that's what I told myself too. <laughs> I, I feel like at least when they first arrive there, that they are shooting everything on, you know, set phasers to stun, um, mm. and they're just trying to take people down. There are other times where they're they're straight up merkins and fools. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah just... <laughs> I, well i mean the hallway fight can be no mistaking um, yeah but those are weird genetic monsters <laughs> oh yeah and uh we only love a couple weird genetic monsters in this movie yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> those were weird genetic monsters created by the high evolutionary that's very different from the person that we're trying to save <laughs> i mean not but, I mean, the movie sells it. I don't care. Like, the, yeah, the movie yeah. makes me think they were created without a brain and they're just killing machines or whatever. And, and that's what's fun. Like, I didn't question it for a second. It was only when the movie ended and I thought back to it. I was like, huh. For a character that spent a long time chiding people about how we don't kill people, that's not who we are. They killed a whole lot of people. Yeah. I, I, I will say, too, I'm not the biggest fan of Nebula's uh, weapons upgrades. I feel like mm. she kind of just has, like... It can be whatever I want, um, but I, I, and I feel like this this feels a little bit new. But the fact that she can just get like destroyed and constantly just be like recompiling herself, like as she's fighting, there was something really yeah. really fun and inventive about that of just like just getting totally wrecked, but then continuing to fight and sort of just like let me pop everything back into place real fast and then go back. Yeah, to Yeah, I mean it's like awesome TV, uh, like Terminator to energy in this movie. Yeah, yeah. But, but at least with that, like with, with T-1000 though, like it's a thing breaking apart and reforming when it still is, when it's not liquid metal, but it looks almost like a human and you're like, ah, <laughs> and then it mm-hmm. just goes like, <laughs> it just, there's yeah. something weirder and more fun about that than, uh, 
yeah it's, some, it's something about like the weird horror show of her going back together at times that i think was was what was making me go like that's rad it's true i i I enjoyed the upgrade personally i thought it was pretty awesome i did not ever watch the holiday special by the way so there are a few things i did not know anything about in this movie just roll with it there's a dog fine cool dog i get it you know i get the joke within a couple minutes i'm on board doesn't matter that i don't know how i know it's it's another one of those lines of dialogue that you know is gonna come back later yeah oh yeah for sure 100%. 100%. But they, but they do it well. I, I liked it just fine. Even the place that they open with at the beginning, Nowhere, maybe I just don't remember Guardians, but I don't think I knew anything about that place, what it was, why they were there, how it was formed, who lives there. Even um, Sean Gunn playing like the mini Yondu or whatever. <laughs> I don't remember him. I assume he was in the other movies and I just forgot him. But I like was not expecting to see a person looking like Tom Green in that, in that place. You call him uh, Mini Yondu. I call him Yon Don't because <laughs> for obvious reason. Yep. Anyway, that, that's the thing is this franchise can survive me having no idea who the hell random people are or where they are. And I'm just like, The movie will figure it out. It's fine. I just have a lot of latitude for it because of the type of movie that it is. Yeah. yeah. But I will admit, I was afraid um, that those new characters were going to be like fighting with them the whole time. And I was like, I don't I don't want them the whole time. But the movie uses them exactly as much as I want them to. And then it's like, okay, we're going to hide them for a while. There is one there is one payoff. Um that I was, I was very, I was very happy happened. Um, I, I don't want to say it for anybody, I don't, because I don't want to spoil for anybody who's potentially going to see it. We, we've, we've pretty much stayed away from spoilers. But there's like a, there's a, there's a certain thing that is sort of referenced, and by the time it becomes a callback later on in the film, I was like, fucking amazing. I love it. <laughs> this makes up mm-hmm. for this other thing to... that's really, really dumb. Um, but I'll, you're gonna have to tell me offline. Yeah, I'll tell you off off the air. Um. Yeah. Any any last things you want to talk about before before we just let people know uh, final verdicts? Um. So the needle drops. I one thing I remember about the original Guardians of the Galaxy was that Peter Quill had a playlist that his mom made him, and when he was taken as a kid in the like late seventies or early eighties or something like that he had it with him and this is what he listens to all the time. And it is the soundtrack of the movie. And it's why the movie was like all classic rock hits. I know at the end of that movie, he sees a volume two, which I guess allows for new music in the second movie. But again, I don't remember the second movie at all. This movie, he has a zoom with music from the two thousands. And I don't, I mean, it has a bunch of playlists in a various, various, Time right, periods, but it, right? Go, it goes up to the 2000s, even though he was taken from Earth in like the 70s. So I don't understand. I don't understand where all the music comes from. And I know it lives in the world because we open to a Radiohead song. <laughs> so I, I know people are listening to it. And I just don't know the, the I don't care about the rules, but I just I don't know. Maybe the holiday special gives them a Zune or something like that. I think they go to Earth in that, if I'm not mistaken. Um, we'll never watch it. So I have no idea. <laughs> 
<laughs> anyway, that's my only question. I don't know the rules of when music can be that he plays because it seems like it's getting more modern every every time a new movie comes out. I mean, he's allowed to, right? Like there's trading posts in space. You know, there's different things you can go. People know he's into music. I will say this about the mm. the, the the needle drops though. There, I'm a little I'm a little sick of the level of diegetic. <laughs> Like mm. needle drops in this, like there, there are there are just scenes where they're like, you know, like I I don't remember what the runtime of this film is. I know it didn't feel long to me, but if this were a film that felt long, I'd be like, well, you could probably cut a, an hour out of the film where they're literally like, guys, I'm gonna hit play. Is that cool? And then they hit play, <laughs> and everybody is listening to that song over the speakers. And it's just doing medleys of people walking around either the ship or nowhere or the bad guys ship or all these things. And it's just, no, guys, we're just going to it's it's I get it. I get it. You want to play the music. You licensed it. You want to get the most you can out of it. But at some point I was kind of like, come on, guys, just fucking let them let them play. But don't like make me sit in it with you. Just push the story forward. <laughs> That's I felt See, that way I a little bit. My brain agrees with you, but I dug it every single time. I don't know. This movie just defies gravity for me. It does all these things that I would normally hate. And like when Ghosted does a music drop, like a needle drop every two seconds, you know, when it plays Rebel with the kicks or whatever for like the thousandth time, I want to kill myself. <laughs> but when this movie does equally obvious music drops, I'm just like, hell yeah, you go. James but... Gunn saving the Marvel universe. <laughs> <laughs> but now imagine Ghosted, but like while everybody's fighting... Anadarmus goes, wait, 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 wait. Walks over to the bar, pulls out a cassette tape, puts it in, and hits play and goes, okay, now let's fight, and then starts fighting to that song. That's kind of how it feels like in this film at times. Yeah. Sometimes it feels more I think organic. I like it a little better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It didn't bother me that much. It was just one of those things where it's like, you're really, really trying to get, like, milk every second of of these songs. And yeah. It's fine. It even it even rehashes the the dancing at the end thing trick that they've done in the past, and it worked on me so well. Again, like I knew I knew it was coming. I knew a character was going to suddenly break. I knew I was waiting for it. It happened. I loved it. I don't know this this movie this series just makes me very simple and predictable. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> but yeah, it's uh, it is what it is. And uh, we all we all love it for being that. <laughs> mm -hmm. Should we get to verdicts? Sure. All right, Stephen Miller, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three. Would you give it must see? Reckon with the caveat. Wait for until past the caveat or a must avoid. So I think I'm grading on a Marvel curve slightly, just because there have been movies I rated lower than this that I probably believe are better movies <laughs> by many respects. But <laughs> yeah. as a Marvel movie. As a thing where I was like, I'm going to watch a Marvel movie today, going to get a big old bowl of popcorn, duck out of work, Friday late afternoon, catch an early screening. Um, this was a must-see for me. I thought this just nailed the MCU thing, and it honestly is the first thing that really gave me hope in the MCU's ability to keep delivering without it feeling completely by the numbers or whatever in a long time. So this... This made me mildly excited about what the MCU can do again. So, giving it a must see, even though implicit caveat, 
it's very predictable, very tropey, very emotionally manipulative, all sorts of criticisms I can give of all of it. I just did not care when I was watching it. And judging by my audience, I don't think anyone cared while they were watching it. Yeah, it, it it's a film that like, while I was watching it, I was totally vibing on it. And I was like, yeah, I, I think I really like this. And then as soon as I left the theater, it was gone. <laughs> mm. it, was, it was gone like uh, the last needle drop that <laughs> of yep. the film. And it was kind of like, yeah, I, I think I like that a lot. But it also isn't like, damn, every once in a while I'm going to want to put that on and watch it. Um, so for right. me, it's just going to stay at a recommend with a caveat. Caveat being like, it's you know, it's not the most exciting Marvel film out there. But it's definitely a fun ride with fun characters going to fun places. And, uh, you know, there's some weirdness in there. Um, but uh, some of the, most of the weirdness is is great. Some of the weirdness is just weird, but most of it's great. And I think you can't really complain too much about this film. It gives you exactly what you want if you just want to, like, you know, have some fun for a few hours on the weekend. Cool. Uh, well, that's going to do it for a review of Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. Stephen Miller, people want to find you throughout the week. Where can they do that? Uh, people can find me at twitter.com slash sdavidmiller or sdavidmiller.com. People can find me at ChristopherInRealLife.com or Twitter.com slash ChristopherIRL. You can find the podcast over at TheSpoilerWarning.com where you can get a bunch of the back episodes of the show. If you want to subscribe to the show, you can do so on Overcast, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever podcasts are found. If you want to know when the episodes go live, you can follow us at Twitter.com slash SpoilerWarning, Facebook.com slash TheSpoilerWarning, or Instagram.com slash TheSpoilerWarning. If you want to get a hold of us directly, you can send an email to fans at TheSpoilerWarning.com, or you can use the contact form on our site. Music for this episode will come from a track selected from Artlist.io, so hopefully you're enjoying that. Um, way cheaper to license those songs than it is to license all the needle traps in this film. <laughs> yep. So bear with us. <laughs> uh, yeah, it, yeah, they must spend a fortune on that because at least with shit like Ghosted, I assume Apple just has the rights to a million things already, <laughs> and they're kind of like getting getting it licensed on the cheap or something like that. <laughs> that is um, interesting. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> this I don't know. Yeah. We'll we'll just say it's true though. Who's gonna, you know? No one's gonna tell us otherwise. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's it. That's our review. Um, we are going to be gone for a couple weeks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I I will be at Cannes. Maybe I'll do one of those weird late night dispatches like I did a couple years ago. <laughs> but otherwise, unless you find a special guest, we will not be doing normal reviews for a little while. Yeah, there is one review uh, to hold us over that has been in the can uh, for months. Um, yeah, for a surprise, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll let everybody hang out there for right now. But there's there's a there's an episode we recorded for a film which is now available on VOD that uh, I will release sometime in the interview intervening time while Steven is away, and then uh, you know then we'll be back. Um, a month after that, I'm going to be gone for two weeks. <laughs> and I'm going to come back the weekend of Oppenheimer. So, you know, it's it's there's lots of stuff we're going to have a chance to talk about in the near future. But, uh, you know, stick with us while uh, the schedule might be a little hit and miss for a bit. <laughs> yep. Cool. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. See you next time. Later. See ya. With me. 
just be with me.